Hello and welcome to PathPod. This is our next episode of Beyond the Scope. Today our host, Dr. Sarah Jang of Duke Health, speaks with Dr. Kalisha Hill. Dr. Hill is the Regional Chief Medical Officer and the Medical Director of Pathology and Laboratory Services for Ascension St. Joseph Juliet and Ascension St. Mary Kankakee in Illinois. Dr. Hill is also on the Board of Governors for the College of American Pathologists and is the immediate past president of the Illinois Society of Pathologists. Dr. Hill is also the recipient of the CAP Distinguished Patient Care Award. We'll hear their conversation about leadership in pathology and factors that influence career choices. Now here's your host, Dr. Jang. Hello, and welcome to PathPod. Today we're doing our segment called Beyond the Scope, where we speak to pathologists about their pursuits and interests in and outside of pathology. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Jang. You can follow me on Twitter at Sarah no H, underscore Jang. I'm so thrilled today to have as our guest, Dr. Kalisha Hill. Dr. Hill is Regional Chief Medical Officer for Ascension St. Joseph Joliet and Ascension St. Mary Kankakee. She's the Medical Director of the Pathology and Laboratory Services. Dr. Hill also serves on the Board of Governors for the College of American Pathologists. She's the immediate past president of the Illinois Society of Pathologists and recipient of the CAP Distinguished Patient Care Award. Welcome, Dr. Hill. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you here on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you today and share your story with our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and if you always wanted to go into medicine and pathology? Absolutely. Well, I grew up in the Chicago Southland. It's been my home my entire life, except when I went to Atlanta to go un- to undergrad at Emory University. But I came right back home. Both all of my family and my husband's family are here. And of course, when you have twin girls, having family nearby means all the world. So yes, very happy to have grown up here. And even more importantly, to have grown up here and now get to serve this community. And I think that really is the main driver of why I chose medicine. I grew up in the family of physicians. My grandmother switched from being a professor in English to being a chiropractor. And I watched her do that in her mid-40s. And it kind of was an example to me of how you can choose to serve at any point in your life. And that's actually where I got my first exposure to pathology. I used to go to classes with her at Lombard Chiropractic School. Oh, my God. And yes. And she showed me the specimens in the jars in her anatomy class. And I remember a large ovarian teratoma that she showed me when I was maybe eight years old. Oh, my goodness. Very exciting. And at the time, I didn't realize I was being exposed to pathology. It was very cool. Wow. I, I definitely feel like your first time seeing an ovarian teratoma is always very impressive for those, yes. you know, especially for those of you out in the audience. I bet y'all remember what your first ovarian teratoma looked like. And if you haven't seen one yet, when you reach that point, it will be memorable. Absolutely. And that being said, I know we use a lot of photos to show pathology these days, but there is nothing like seeing the three-dimensional structure in your face and having that exposure. But that was the early inkling. The more intentional exposure to medicine really occurred when I was in college and decided that I wanted to go the direction of science. And even though I used to work in my grandmother's chiropractic office, I decided, well, instead of going to chiropractic school, I should go to medical school. And so then once I made that choice, actually thought that I was going to do pediatrics because I got to watch a bobulus 
surgery on a little girl who was totally adorable. And I was like, Oh, I'll do pediatrics. And then of course, I got into medical school and started doing my clinical rotations and got exposed to parents like the one that I am currently, and realized I could not deal with them every day. <laughs> so I wanted to find something else. So I got exposed to surgery. And then I narrowed it down to doing uh, gyne ox surgery at one of my local community hospitals. And the surgeon would bring the uterus down to the pathologist. And after about a week, I stopped going back up because <laughs> it was just so amazing watching her explain everything, having the surgeons waiting with bated breath. So it really exposed to me just how fantastic pathology was at that time. Yeah, it's so funny. I always, you know, enjoy when our surgeons bring the medical students into the lab with them, because not only do I love teaching and I get to talk to them, but I think it's a great recruitment opportunity. And I have to say, one of my favorite things that I like to do is I tell the med students pathology is the best specialty. Don't you agree, Dr. So-and-so? And my surgical colleagues, bless their hearts, they're always kind enough to agree and say, yes, pathology is the best specialty, even though clearly they chose a different one. So I feel like having that rapport and being able to show that connection with our teammates, our surgeons is really helpful. Absolutely. And so now that you've been in pathology for a while, you serve in so many different leadership roles, both within your institution and then with the CAP. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience? So I was enjoying being a pathologist, you know, doing frozen sections and adequacies were all I needed. And we had a new chief medical officer and a new CEO, both of which had asked me to take on the role of first the physician advisor and then take on a chief medical officer role. And my initial reaction was, I'm not sure if I want to do that. I'm not really even sure what they all do. But what I ended up choosing was an opportunity to have the lab have a greater voice. And that's really why I chose to accept the roles. Laboratory medicine impacts every patient in the hospital. And typically is the last thing that's prioritized within administrations. So the opportunity to have laboratory medicine have a voice at every table, in every department meeting, in every administrative meeting, when budgets are being set, that, that kind of influence is so meaningful and it's not as frequent as one would hope. So I felt it was my obligation, even though it was a challenge at the time on many levels, it was my obligation to step up and fulfill that role. And it has been a benefit to our laboratory, to the staff, to administrative lab director. But more importantly, it's been a benefit to our patients. In a rural hospital, funds are limited, but having accurate diagnoses and appropriate lab tests be available are some of the best things that you can do for patients. And so to have that become a priority because I am present to really express the priority is so meaningful. So that is the main reason why I chose to agree to take on these administrative roles. Yeah. Like you say, it's so important for us to have a seat at the table, right? There's that old saying, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And I think leadership training is not something we necessarily get in medical school. And physicians are often called upon to be leaders without a lot of formal training or resources? What are some things that have helped you really succeed and excel in your leadership roles? So I will say what has helped me the most is listening 
to what other leaders are experiencing and more importantly, seeing it from their point of view. Can you speak a little bit about your role for the College of American Pathologists and what that's been like for you and what you've been able to do in that role? The CAP to me has been an opportunity to serve the organization that is serving me. I recognized as a resident the value when I was part of the residence forum that the CAP provides to pathologists from reimbursements to education to proficiency testing and to providing high standards that we all have to achieve within our laboratories. That in and of itself taught me to value and obligate myself to be committed to the CAP and making sure that it aligns with the needs of the membership. Yeah, absolutely. The CAP is some, uh, an organization I've been really involved with as well. And there's so much that they do in different avenues. And so I'm really delighted to have someone like you serving in their leadership. So let's talk a little bit about your interests outside of pathology and what do you do for fun or hobbies? So I love photography. And I realized that occurred once I had my twin girls and I enjoyed taking photos of them and realized that I would still torture my family and friends now, even though my girls are 20. So now everyone gets their photos taken. <laughs> but I actually recognized early on when I was going through my high school books, how much I enjoy taking photos. So I will say that's one of my hobbies that I enjoy. Do you think that your interest in photography and interest in pathology are related? They're both so visual. Absolutely. And I recognized early on that I'm a very visual person. And on top of being a visual person, I'm a very hands-on person. So as I'm, you know, taking photos and rearranging things, it's kind of that integration of my hands creating an image. And I do find myself doing that in pathology. It's very cool. Yeah, I think many of us gravitate to the field because we're visual people and having that good eye, I think, serves you well, both in pathology, if you're trying to find the right finding or in photography, right, when you're trying to capture the image in just that right way. So I have a good question. What do you do that people might not expect? Well, what I do that people may not expect outside of loving 80s music Ooh. As I is, I love to marvel at urate crystals. <laughs> so when you're sitting at the microscope and sometimes it's a hectic day and I'll get a crystal and I'll sit down looking at synovial fluid. And then all of a sudden you see the crystals rotating and floating. And then you can see the colors change as they rotate. And I just get sucked in and it's a moment of peace in a crazy day. I love it. I actually am a little bit of a connoisseur of crystals myself, because usually the crystals are something that is benign. You know, it's not necessarily bad news for the patient. It's something that's very visually appealing. And yes. so I also love it when I find a crystal. So I get excited even when I find crystals in my thyroid epinase. And I just published a review of crystals in cytology. So you and I definitely share that interest in crystals. And so we're not alone. I love it. I love it. Wonderful. So thank you so much for talking with us today, Dr. Hill. Do you have a parting piece of advice for our listeners? And that can be advice about life, medicine, photography, anything at all. Yes. My advice is always to find your passion. And one's passions are usually not rooted in oneself. 
It's rooted in how you impact others around you. And that is why pathology, in my mind, is one of the greatest careers that you can have because you're able to really satisfy the need for doing research, really delving and really learning new things every day, as well as having the opportunity to do things with your hands, explore. It's very tactile, satisfying. And finally, realizing how important you are to everyone, talking to physicians, talking to patients. We really are the doctor's doctor, and everyone relies on us for what we do every day. So the value and satisfaction that you have knowing that you are directly impacting not only patients, but the physicians and the entire hospital is really what brings value to being a pathologist. Wonderful. That's great advice. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Hill. Um, again, you can follow Dr. Hill on Twitter at Kalisha Hill MD. And it's been a pleasure being here with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Support for the Free Path Pod podcast comes from listeners who like it and share it with their friends. So go ahead, send someone the link. And be sure to subscribe to PathPod wherever you download your podcasts. PathPod is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not medical advice. As always on the podcast, any views expressed are solely those of the person speaking and do not necessarily represent their employers, their affiliated institutions, affiliated professional organizations, other speakers on the program, their friends, their families, their pets, or anyone involved in the production and distribution of this podcast. Thanks for listening to PathPod. PathPod.